0: Glad you're here in person or online, whichever it might be. Uh, man, we're just tickled to death that you've chosen to join us today and be a part of of God's uh, worship this morning as we worship our risen Lord and Savior today. <clears throat> as far as announcements this morning, today is our back-to-school bash day, okay? So this afternoon from 3 to 5, we're hoping the the ball field's going to be inundated with kids and parents and uh Got If you happen to come in this door, you may have seen the rock climbing wall, the, uh, the slide, the dunking booth, the whirly quirl things, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a big day, going to be a, a fun day. And we need your help. Again, a lot, of play, uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of activities, a lot of different stations, so we need people to man those stations as well. And if you can help today, if you'll be here at 1.30, Uh, We'll get you plugged in so we can finish getting set up, uh, setting the tents and tables, chairs, whatever we need up for that. So, again, be here by 1.30 for that. And then following that, this is a back-to-school bash, and so following that, at 6 o'clock tonight, we're going to do a prayer walk at Number 3 Elementary. So we'll get cleaned up here and go up there and and have a a prayer walk as well. So, uh, again, we're glad that you're here. Uh, There are some other announcements, perhaps, in your bulletin. Uh, Pay attention to those. If you're online, you can download the bulletin today, again, to keep abreast of all the announcements and information on there. As we begin our worship this morning, hear from the psalmist in Psalm 150. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord today. Amen. Father God, we do come to you today. God, we lift up our praises to you. God, we we exalt your holy name today for you and you alone are worthy of our praise, God. And so we're here to worship you. We're here to exalt you and praise you, just to lift you up, God, for you are our risen Lord and Savior. And Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, who who gives us eternal life uh, simply for the taking. It's only by your grace, God, that we're saved. And Father, we thank you for that. And Father, we pray today that, Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, that they'll know you by the end of this day. Father, that they'll trust in you as their their Savior. And so, Father, we turn our time over to you right now. We open our hearts up, God, and ask that you would pour into us, Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill us up to overflowing. And God, that this afternoon, this week, this week, God, may we minister through that overflow to those around us. We love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad we serve a faithful God? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, in times like this, we have to stand on God's word, don't we? Have to stand on the promises of His word. Amen. In light of everything going on, we've all been, we've all been inundated with the, the, the news coming out of Afghanistan this week, and the images have been disturbing and disheartening, haven't they? Um, Americans and our and our allies have been left behind. We're relying on the on the Taliban. Uh, for their safety. Think about that. We're, we're relying on their, uh, their military force to get our U.S. citizens to the airport, and then they're, they're being told to, to get to the airport the best that you can, but you're on your own. Good luck. And the truth is that many people have already died. The truth of the matter is there's going to be a lot more in the days and, and weeks to come. And those who have worked with the military, the Afghans that worked with the military, the women and the children, they're in grave danger, folks. Women are being, are being married off to the Taliban soldiers. Children, especially the girls, are being sold off into sexual slavery. And at this very moment, folks, think think with me about this. At this very moment christians in afghanistan are hiding in their homes waiting for the inevitable knock on the door i was disturbed this morning on my way up here i thought here i am driving you know in my truck hardly anybody else on the road going to church oh my what a pleasant morning it was get here this morning and it's comfortable, it's nice. The air condition is working. The pews are cushioned. Amen. And yet, we have our brothers and sisters in Christ that are hunkered behind their doors. They're in fear of their very life right now. Because they believe in Jesus. Pastors and, 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 and Christians, they're being hunted down for their faith because of their profession of faith in Christ and they're being slaughtered. Do you hear me? And, and, and we came this morning just thinking about, oh, we're going to go to Sunday school, we're going to have church, we're going to have a thing out there on the field today. But this is real life. What if we were there? Because see, that also includes missionaries. There are missionaries from all around the world as well that are there. Pastors have have already received letters from the Taliban They said, we know where you are and we know what you're doing and we're coming for you. The same family of faith as us right here are the Christ followers over there. But they know what's coming. Folks, this is real life for them. Oh, yeah. Knock on the door. Do you have a Bible? Are you a Christian? Uh-huh. Let me ask you right now. Hold up your phone if you have a Bible app on your phone. I've got about six on mine. Okay, <laughs> You don't have a Bible there. Uh, they're, they're asking for phones because they're wanting to know who you are in contact with. They want to know if you have these Bible apps on your phone because they know if you do, you're against them and it's instant death Amen. right then. Amen. They know that they're most likely going to face a a horrendous and, and torturous exit from this world if they're not saved by the military. They're not wavering in their confession of faith. They're being strong and they're willing to die for their faith. Christianity isn't a country club religion by any means. No, the the, the gospel is offensive. It offends people. Jesus himself said that, that it would divide families, that it would bring about, that it would break us apart, that it would bring persecution and even death. And my friend, that is what we're seeing going on overseas, and that will soon come to us. What will we do? Think about this. What would we do? If we as a believers, if we as a church came under siege by a very oppressive government or another nation, what would we do? Not long ago that question was, oh, would have never been asked. It would, never would, have, been, it would have been unthinkable, not. but not today.. Not. And so we asked the question, how will we live as Christians? in a godless society? Mm-hmm. Or will we? Or will we go along just to get along? Will we surrender our beliefs in order to survive in life? Will we comply? Is, is, our, is our faith Is our faith strong enough to withstand the the persecution like the Afghans are facing right now? Our first action should be to to peacefully obey the, the the, the, the law of the land for sure, but when is the right time to resist those in authority? When is the right time to step up and stand up for our faith? When do we take a stand for Christ? We find an example of that in Daniel chapter 3, if you will. You go ahead and be turning there. You're probably familiar with this passage. It's the story of the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. King Nebuchadnezzar, he had made a huge, a, a large golden image. And he had he called and summoned all the local officials and and dignitaries to come to the dedication service. Amen. This was now the, 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 the law of the land. Uh-huh. It says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 4, it says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, that is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. <coughs> you are told, you are made to worship this golden image. As soon as they heard the music, all the people fell down and, and worshiped this idol, a decree was made that whoever did not fall down and worship this idol would be thrown into the blazing furnace of fire. Amen. Well, there were these three Jewish kids, that, three Jewish young boys, young men, that just didn't listen. They weren't going along with that. Their God was the Creator of the universe. Their God was the One that created the gold. Amen. Folks, they had to draw a line. They had to draw a line in the sand and say, this is as far as I go. I will not worship another God. I will not worship another God. It's time to take a stand. For them, it was time to take a stand for what they believed in. Let's read the story as it unfolds in Daniel chapter 3, picking up in verse 12. It says, but then there were some Jews who have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with age, with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is this true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you do not serve my gods or worship the image that I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from from, from my hand. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. And he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than normal and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And so these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other cloths were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent uh, that the furnace was so hot and the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took, who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three, these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men who were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, old king. And he said, look, I see four walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of the God. Amen. And Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening, the blazing furnace, and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High, come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came came out of the fire. The straps and the, the prefects and the governors, royal advisors cr- uh, crowded around them. And they saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent His angels and rescued his servant, His servants. They trusted in Him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and and their homes be turned into piles of rubble for no other god, hear that, for no other god can save in this way amen and then the god and then king the king promoted shadrach meshach and abednego to the province of babylon boy that's a good one there isn't it that's a good one there for sure notice that he said that that everyone must fall down in in verse 4 we see in verses 8 through 12 where where that universal decree is is made it says in verse ten that your Majesty has isu- issued a decree uh-huh. for everyone who hears the sounds of the horns. When we see the word the words decree and everyone in the same sentence, that's a red flag. It's a mandate. It, it, this was a national mandate for everybody in the nation to worship another god. And as our tribulation time, as as the tribulation time, or the tribulation period comes upon us, the closer and closer it gets, we're going to begin to see more and more of these national mandates and universal mandates, because ultimately there's going to be one in control, there's going to be one in authority when the Antichrist comes back. And so our world is moving in that direction. And here in this story, the non-compliance, it had severe consequences. Mm-hmm. Our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan, they, they have a mandate. Right. Think about this. They were living freely. Everything was good two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Women were going to school. Children were going to, to, to school. Women were going to work. They were going to worship. But they have a new... National mandate now, and that is to follow Islam or die. You see, hangings and beheadings and torture is their furnace today. I want you to hear that. If they stand, they will die. What about the Christians in Taiwan? They know they're probably next, and then and then who will it be? It. Us. Amen. There's not a large population of Christians in Afghanistan right now. Uh, most estimate between five and eight thousand. Some have said between ten and and, and twelve thousand. But but regardless, it's it's a very small number. If you think about it, is it's much easier, isn't it, to stand with a group of other people, isn't it? It's better to stand and easier to stand with a group as opposed to to, to being by one by oneself. And the problem is they can't assemble. They can't come together to worship. They can't come together to be encouraged. They're relying on their memory of scripture they're reminding uh, they're being reminded of their uh, of their faithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to them and even if it doesn't work out on this earth, they know that it will in the next life. That's right. And so they are willing to stand. So number one, we've got to be aware of the, the, the mandates that, that or the, the more and more mandates that are coming our way. Right. <clears throat> number two, we've got to be willing to stand for morality. Yes, we are to obey the, the, the law of the land when, whenever possible, but when the law when the laws requires to compromise our beliefs, when the laws requires to compromise our, our faith, that is when we must take a stand. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar made a decree or a law for everyone to bow down And worship this golden image. But be reminded in Exodus 34 14, he writes, Do not worship any other God, for the God whose name is jealous is a jealous God. We cannot worship another God, we cannot have other idols in in our life. Shadrach, Meshach, and and Abednego, they resisted and refused to bow down to this golden uh, idol. In fact, they told Nebuchadnezzar, we don't answer to you, king. We answer to the one true God. The only God. And man, this infuriated King Nebbe. Okay, That's what we're going to call him going forward, King Nebi. But we've got to be willing to stand for morality, to stand for what is right, to stand for our faith. And when we stand, it's most certainly going to bring heat it's going to bring fire so number three we've got to be willing okay we've got to be willing to endure the heat that comes our way from standing for god shadrach meshach and abednego they knew the cost. they plainly said the king plainly told him if you don't bow down to my god we will throw you in a furnace and burn you alive They knew the cost, but they were willing to pay the price. And in their, their confrontation with, with the king, oh, it made him mad. Not only was it a hot, burning, fiery furnace, but the king says, fire it up again, make it hotter and hotter. Seven times, it's estimated that the temperature would have been around 4,000 to 4,400 degrees So much so that when the guards were taking the men to the fire, it engulfed the soldiers. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fire. How many, how many people In this place today, how many people online, how many people in our world, in our country, are willing to endure some heat for the Lord? How many are willing to be persecuted for what they believe? Feels good in here, doesn't it? It's Nice, isn't it? We're gonna have fun this afternoon, but how many are willing to be persecuted for what we believe? How many? How many are are, are willing to die? Amen. Folks, this is a real and a and a serious question that that needs to be dealt with and needs to be answered before we're put into that position. Have you dealt with that question? Have you answered that question in in the heart of your heart? Are we, as believers today in this place, willing to endure the heat? It's going to come when we stand for Christ. Mm-hmm. On, you see, if we're willing to stand, if we're willing to, uh, to, to endure that heat, then number four, we have to live with the expectation of a mighty God, that, uh, a mighty God that will deliver and provide for us. Amen. That is the faith that we have. It says in. And, and, and again, this is where the story gets good. In verse 24, <coughs> it says, The king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown in the fire? Yes. Yes. And then in verse 25, He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High, come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the Sastraps, Prefects, Governors, and Royal Advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has set His angels and rescued His servants. They trusted in Him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own God. Therefore I decree to the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their homes be put, turned into rubble, piles of rubble, for no other God can save this way. 4,000 degrees. Yep. The soldiers are consumed with fire the three men fall into the fire and get up and start walking around. <laughs> That's pretty cool to me. Hey, Jesus is in there with them. Amen. 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 Nebuchadnezzar's dumbfounded. Uh-huh. Hey, you guys come on out. Okay. <laughs> and so they walk out. Not charred. Not a not a, thing burnt on their body. It says their bodies weren't harmed at all. How many of you have been messing around a fire before and you get the hair on your hands singed? You know, uh-huh. Not even a hair on their head or on their hands was singed. Think about that at 4,000 degrees. It says they their, their robes and their turbans, their clothing. Cotton, probably. Very flammable, amen? Not burned at all. Not consumed with fire. In fact, how many of you have been around a, a campfire before? Or even grilling out on your, on your grill. And you come inside, what do you smell like? Smoke. Smoke even just by grilling, okay? Even when you're trying to get away from it, it says that they didn't even smell like smoke. Mm -hmm. But through all of this, King Nebuchadnezzar had had a change of heart because of their faith. You hear that? It says in verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent His angel and rescued His servants. They trusted in Him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own God. You see, they had the hope of deliverance. (coughs) Whether it be physical or spiritual, And folks, we have to have that that, that hope and that faith of deliverance too. That's what motivates us to stand up in our faith. To stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we take a stand for God, He will be glorified. Amen? Amen? The King said in verse 29, For no other God can save in this way. Let me ask you this morning, is your faith fireproof? Is your faith... Fireproof. Are we willing to take a stand for our faith in Christ? If we go back to the beginning of Daniel, we see in Daniel chapter 1 where King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to, to brainwash uh, these, these men. It says in, in, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, uh, he wanted to change the way they spoke. Their language, okay. It says a young man without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language of the Babylonians. Amen. Okay, so he was begin trying to change them, and even in the way they spoke. Continuing on in verse four, he wanted to change what they read. Okay. It was changing, it was brainwashing them, wanting them to read what He wanted them to know, what He wanted them to learn. It says in in the last part of verse 4, He was to teach them the literature of the Babylonians. Okay, so they they were being put material before them to try to get them to believe and to think the way the king thought. And then... In verse five, in chapter 1, verse 5, the king wanted to change their lifestyle. It says the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Okay, and so they went from their healthy diet to the, to the training table, to the king's table, to the buffet line. Have whatever you want, however much you want. It's all good. It's all free. It's all for you. And then we see in verse 7, he wanted to change what they stood for. You see, in in biblical times, biblical names had meanings, but King Nebuchadnezzar actually changed their names to something else. To Daniel, he named Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, to... uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But there was just one problem. In all of this attempt to, to brainwash them, and all this attempt of trying to get them to change their language, to try to change their mind by, by what they read, by changing their, their lifestyle and what they stood for, actually who they were, there was just one problem with this. King Nebi couldn't change their heart. He couldn't change their heart. Their heart was still given to God, and they were faithful. They were faithful to God. Think about it. They were, they were facing peer pressure. Everybody was, everybody was gathering around and bowing down and and worshiping this this golden idol. So, so they were facing the peer pressure. Oh, come on. Uh, God won't mind this one time. Come on, just do it. You can go back and say you're sorry later. Mm-hmm. So there was peer pressure there. There was, there was pressure from the government that made the, the mandate to follow the mandate, to follow, to this was the law of the land, to do this. But they didn't follow the crowd. They didn't follow the people. They didn't follow the government. No, they decided to take a stand. Matthew 10, 33, we're reminded. It says, but whoever disowns me, being Jesus before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. You see, when we deny Christ in this world, He will stand and deny us to the Father in heaven. And so are we willing to take a stand? You see, the God that they professed their faith in, that God met them in the fire. God kept his promises from, from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. He says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. Folks, we have that same promise today. When the flames or the fire surround you, the Lord is there. With you. In fact, He's already in the fire waiting on you. Think about it. God used this, this horrific moment in the lives of these believers to touch a hard-hearted, wicked, heathen king because they stood for what they believed in. And ultimately, God was glorified in this event And we never know how how God is going to use the events in our life. We never know what's going to come from them. We also don't know how God will respond to our faithfulness to Him either. God has always been and always will be faithful to us. When we take a stand, we're most certainly going to face the fire. But Jesus is there with you at every moment, at every turn, everything we go through, every moment of the day. Mm -hmm. The question is, are we faithful to Him? When asked to stand for Him, will you? We can share our hope with others through our faithfulness to God. Our God is mighty to save. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the storm, the waters, or the fire, God is mighty to save. In verse 29, He says it best, no other God can save this way. He is greater than the hottest fire or the fiercest storm. Will you be ready to, and willing to take a stand for Him when the time comes? When it gets hot, when we get tempted, when the fires come our way, will we stand up for Him? He has been faithful to us. Will we be faithful to Him? Maybe this morning during our hymn of invitation, Amen. the time of decision for us this morning is to consider if our faith is strong enough to withstand that type pers- that persecution. Amen. Maybe it's, it's a time of decision to come and 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 give yourself back over to Christ. To come and and say, God, I need more. I need that mustard seed. Yeah, yeah. I need a little bit more. God, I need some help. Help me in my unbelief that the disciples prayed. Lord help in my unbelief. God, He will honor that prayer, I promise. If He will. If He will. Or maybe today you you're in the midst of that fire. Maybe today, the storms of life are coming your way and, and you see no way out. Or maybe looking at life and knowing that, that when I die, it's not going to be good for me. That I won't stand in the presence of Almighty God. That it won't be a glorious day for me because I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Folks, if you will admit that you're at center, That you need God's forgiveness. That you believe that He is God's one and only Son that lived a perfect life, that died on the cross, that shed His blood for us. And that God raised Him from the tomb after three days. And you believe in that. Christ said, You'll be saved. Mm -hmm. Will you do that today? During our time of decision. That decision is yours. God has spoken to your heart in some way this morning. And the question is, how will you respond to Him? Amen. Amen. Let's be faithful in at least responding to Him. Almighty God, You are a mighty God, mighty to save. Regardless of where we are in life, regardless of how good or bad or worthless we may have been or seem like we are, You are mighty to save. Almighty God, we come to You this morning. Our hearts have been torn in different directions. God, we've been given a lot to, thought, to think about. We've been challenged to consider how strong, how true, how deep our faith really is. God, may we we spend the next few minutes minutes understanding that in, in our hearts and responding in a way that would make it stronger. God, You have spoken today. May we respond to You